You're listening to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. This is episode three, how open adoption made my family great. For today's show notes, guest bios, and more information on your Newborn Promise project, please visit grahamblanchard.com. Welcome to the Newborn Promise Podcast. This is Audra Haney, and we are so happy to have you. Today, we are diving even deeper into our discussion on adoption. Last week, we spoke with Erica Ho about her personal and professional experiences with adoption, and she had a lot of great insight and encouragement for those interested in international adoption. So this week, we wanted to talk with a few guests about their experiences with open domestic adoption. I'd like to pause and say that we know we are launching our podcast with some really heavy parenting topics like adoption, infertility, we will have some episodes later on miscarriage and infant loss, and these are not light or easy topics to tackle, so we want to be careful to point out that we aren't treading on these harder places to be a discouragement to you during your pregnancy or your family planning. However, we do want to shine some light and give some encouragement on topics that easily get tucked away or even blatantly ignored at times, but they are so very common in the family story of so many couples and even among um, many extended family members or friends. So we want to be a brave voice in some places that have been met with silence before. And that being said, we also know that our episodes are certainly not exhaustive on any one topic, so our prayer is that they are just a starting place for you, a place to think about next steps and a catalyst for prayer, to bring you to your Heavenly Father who gives individual tailor-made wisdom for each and every unique family and all of its members. Case in point, these two amazing families we're talking to today, Julie Rusi and the Stockhouse family. Julie is from California, and the story of her family didn't start the way she expected. Her lifelong dream was to be a mom, but when she and her husband Zach saw negative pregnancy test after negative pregnancy test, she had to rethink her perceptions on what being a mom was all about. Julie, you and your husband, Zach, uh, dated in college and went on to get married. And when you went to start your family, you didn't expect getting pregnant to be very hard. Um, But tell me about that experience and some of the emotions you faced in trying to start your family. I always wanted to be a mom. That was really my that was really my dream. That's what I wanted to do. So when I was 27 years old, we tried to start um, our family. And for two years, we tried to get pregnant and never once did I get pregnant and I was completely devastated. It just seemed like everybody around me was able to conceive so easily and just have babies. And every time I saw a pregnant woman or a friend would tell me they got pregnant, I was, I was crushed. You know, so after seeking some medical help, what did the doctors tell you were your next step options? The basic, not very invasive treatments um, wouldn't work for us. So the doctors recommended IVF, but they said in our case, even going through those treatments, we still only had a 25 to 30% chance of it working. 
And at that time in our lives, we were, we were young professionals. My husband was building his career and we only had a certain amount of money to move forward with our family and the cost of our treatments and the cost of doing a um, domestic adoption were about the same. And Julie, what were some of your initial thoughts on adoption? Well, fortunately, um, I had always wanted to adopt ever since I was young. I remember growing up and, you know, hearing stories and seeing movies and meeting people and just knew I wanted to adopt a child someday. So it was always in the back of my mind. And luckily, my husband and I talked about it ahead of time, part of the premarital counseling. We discussed different things and we both wanted to adopt. We just assumed that we would go on to um, have children naturally and that would be no problem. And then we would potentially adopt later when we were older. And ultimately, you and Zach decided to go the route of adoption um, rather than choosing to go through the IVF. That seems like a really big emotional decision. Tell me, how did God help you arrive at that decision? I had to ask myself a question, like, what was really important to me? Was it was it that I really wanted to be pregnant, and which I did, but what did I really want? And what I really wanted was to be a mom. And when I held tight to that, that I wanted to be a parent and I wanted to raise children with my husband, but that was my goal. And then how we became parents no longer became quite as important. So of course I had to mourn that loss of not having our biological child, right? And not carrying a child, but God had already put that seed of adoption in my mind. And so we decided to go ahead and invest our time and our money in adoption. So there seems to be a lot of options out there when it comes to adoption, um, international domestic open adoption. And that's what you guys went with was the domestic open adoption. Um, Tell me about that decision. Well, when we decided we were going to go ahead and pursue adoption, um, we looked for agencies and we had family friends that adopted through this Christian agency and they had a really good experience. And based on their recommendation, we we went and uh, signed up for a class and we went and got educated. So we started there learning about adoption and um, what are the different types and what is open adoption. So my husband and I chose open adoption because we really wanted an infant. And the way adoption has changed over the years is that it used to be really closed. And the current thought is that it's healthier for everybody involved to have an open adoption uh, because having, having fewer secrets and just more known and building relationships with people is healthier for everybody involved. So with domestic open adoption, I know that there is some communication with the birth families and with every adoption that can vary the level to which you communicate, but how did you initially feel about having open communication with the birth family? I had some concerns and fears and you're not really sure what you're getting yourself into. Um, so I was, I was praying a lot and a verse that God brought to my mind was Philippians two verses three and four. And it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only towards your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And those verses really changed me and shaped me where I started to think about the birth mothers and the birth families and trying to imagine 
who they were. Like, what are they going through? You know, this must be really scary and frightening for them. So when I would get nervous or scared, I would, I would pray those verses and think about that. And, and it was during that time that God just gave me a total heart and compassion for, for the birth family. And, um, it really, it really changed everything. So instead of going into this process of, okay, I want to be a mom, let's adopt the baby. It's all about me. It just transforms me into realizing it's not about me. This is about creating the best possible family for a child um, that we can. And that the more we can love and care about each other as all of the adults and the families involved, the better it's going to be for the child and for all of us. And Julie, you really ended up having a special connection with your son's birth mother. Tell me about that. So what's amazing is we met our oldest son's birth mother, and she was still pregnant. And as we had a chance to get to know her, uh, like I said, we we both ended up really caring about each other a lot. And um, amazingly, she she was um, scheduled to have a C-section, and she invited me to be there with her in the hospital during the C-section. I never imagined that when we went through adoption that I was actually gonna get to be there when my child was born. That was so cool. So I just feel so blessed that she let me be there and be a part of that. So the two of us were together from the very beginning. And Julie, tell us about your family today. You guys pursued adoption again after your first son, and then you added some more after that. Tell us about the beautiful way God has built your family. So today we're a family of six, which I never thought would happen back when I uh, was crying over uh, not being able to have a baby. Uh, So now we have our oldest two sons we adopted as infants. Uh, They are both African-American. My husband and I are white. So we did have a good experience with our oldest son, and we went ahead and pursued another adoption. Um, Our oldest son was only 18 months old, but you never know how long adoption is going to take. So we went ahead and did the paperwork and um, got the phone call that our second son uh, was a preemie, and he was five weeks old in the hospital. So we we ended up basically with our sons only being 20 months apart um, and having a Raising a two-year-old and an infant who was a preemie was uh, really challenging, but really cool. We had our, our two oldest sons, and they were amazing. And we had always kind of dreamed about having a, a larger family. So I was still young enough that it was possible to go back and attempt some of the infertility treatments that we didn't do before. Um, and so that's what we decided to do. We were like, hey, we have this awesome family. We have these two fantastic boys. Let's go ahead and try the fertility treatments. If they work great, we'll have a larger family. If they don't, that's okay. We're parents. That's what we wanted. We've got these great kids. That'll be okay. And um, I know a lot of people that have gone down the road of fertility treatments and it it hasn't worked. And I didn't really think it was going to work for us. And uh, it did on the first try. And I gave birth to twins. So now we have four sons and this really cool diverse mixed ethnic family and I think it's awesome I love these guys and today you have such a great heart for adoption and helping families that are thinking about going through the process or in the process and what would you say for married couples that are starting out and they're thinking about family planning Uh, what's your advice for them I think as you're just starting your family and thinking about your family 
I think you should go ahead and discuss adoption and foster care and think about that and just think if that's something that God has put on your heart. Is that something you have an interest in? Is it something you're curious about? Have you thought about it before? So before you've started your family, I, I suggest you sit down and talk about it and just see where your hearts are. Is it something you want to do? Um, it's easier to kind of have that conversation ahead of time before you run into infertility issues to know where your heart is already, you know, towards adoption. And Julie, I know that your infertility uh, journey was so hard, but looking back, what would you say to God's faithfulness in all of it? So God knows what he's doing (laughs) and he used the pain of infertility to, um, to really strengthen my faith and help me to dig deep so it's been an amazing journey, which of course is not, it's not over yet, you know, as we're still raising our children and continuing our relationships with our birth families. Um, God is still using that to, to grow us and change us and continue to put more compassion into our hearts um, for others. So I just think, you know, God can use anything. For, for my husband and myself, he used infertility to radically change us and make us better. Um, and I'm really grateful that we continue to have opportunities to push ourselves and grow ourselves spiritually uh, and emotionally that we wouldn't have done otherwise. So I just feel like on this side of it, um, we become better people because of it and certainly have a stronger faith because of the infertility and the journey that God took us on. This is Audra Haney, and you're listening to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. Today, we're discussing open domestic adoption with couples that chose the process for various reasons. As with Julie's case, many couples are gently led to adoption through infertility or maybe after having biological children in the home. But for some couples, like Chris and Shauna Stockhouse, God leads them to adoption first before having biological children. While it may not be the most traditional route, Chris and Shauna shared with me why it really was the best path for them. Today, they have two boys who were both adopted from California's Foster to Adopt program. Chris, for you and Shauna, your story isn't the typical family story. How did God birth in you both a heart for adoption? I think it started when um, we began going on international mission trips through our church, and we went to Kenya a couple times, and through that, we began to, um, God began to develop our heart for those who have less and who are in tough situations, and um, we actually bumped into a family here in the Bay Area who was fostering some children and adopted a couple, and we were fascinated by their journey, by their story, by their family, what God was doing, and it was so interesting to us and um, something that we just we thought was amazing and was in line with kind of where we felt God was already taking us in terms of building our family in a way that um, also helps those who are in need or are struggling or orphans. And Shauna, I think your story is really unique because you wanted to pursue adoption before trying for biological children. Tell me about that decision. Yeah, I think um, the thought of starting with fostering and adopting first before um, trying for a biological family almost made us like that idea better because no one we know had done that. And so it just was intriguing. Um, 
and it was on our hearts. So it was just a matter of which do we do first. And we thought, well, let's just get that process started and see how things go. So after you guys kind of settled into this idea of foster to adopt, what was the first step in that process? Shauna had first brought the idea to me of what if we did foster to adopt? And um, I'm like, yeah, that's that seems cool, but let's find out more. So we went to an orientation meeting through our county social services department. It's just an informational meeting about how the process works. And in that meeting, um, as they were explaining how they do foster care, how they do adoption, what their programming is, what it looks like, how long it takes, and all that stuff, um, we, in that meeting, just had total clarity together that we want to do that. We were so passionate. We were so immediately excited about it. And then God's word obviously confirms that um, this fits within his plan of what he asked us as, as followers of Christ to do. And so the, the confirmation was immediate. Did you guys have a long waiting period with Foster to Adopt? Not really. Um, just God's gift of grace to us in this process. Not only were we incredibly excited, we moved immediately on filling out the paperwork. And our first phone call with a child that needed a home um, was, I believe, five months later. And he was in our home within two weeks and adopted uh, within six months. And so that happened very quickly and quicker than if I, you know, was pregnant and delivering. So um, it just, again, we didn't have to struggle through some of the waiting and concerns and fears that can definitely pop up along the way in this process. You know, and I know one of the advantages of domestic adoption is that other than shorter wait periods typically, is that it's a little um, more financially possible. Is this a good option for those who maybe feel inhibited by the cost of an international adoption? In California, um, we actually get a, a check for each boy until they're 18. And so we can put that away in a college fund or use it to help pay for the expenses. And so I know in California, um, the state is tr trying to provide a lot of incentive for families to go down this road and make it as easy as possible. Now, there are people who take advantage of that and they uh, abuse that by taking in a bunch of kids just for the money. But obviously, um, I, I don't think anyone on this call would, would have that motive and that's not what they're thinking. And so it's, um, and I know a lot of estates have adopted that of helping financially with any families who take in foster kids or go down the foster adopt road. Um, to make it more uh, financially possible for them to be able to help. There's um, nearly 62,000 foster care children in our system in California, and about 16,000 of them have been waiting for about three years for a you know permanent home. So those numbers are sad to read and learn about, and I think that is why California, at least we can only speak to California, they do have these um, incentives or, you know, they're pretty desperate to get people to jump in and help in this way. And it is a big undertaking. So it is nice that there's, you know, they're trying to offer something. And tell me about your family today and the way the Lord has formed it. So our first, our oldest son um, came to us when he was 21 months old and he's 11 now. And then our second son is eight years old. And we got him when he was 10 months old. And 
now they are just, um, I mean, we get a lot of people that kind of praise us and say that we are a blessing to our boys. And we just do not look at it that way. I mean, they made our family, you know, complete and so great. And they're just amazing boys. So amazing. They teach us so much as every child does. What have been some of the most surprising challenges along the way? Some things maybe you didn't expect going in. Yeah, I think um, a couple of the the biggest challenges are for us um, working with biological family members, and um, that's stressful. That does create a lot of fear, um, and we went into it kind of idealistic in terms of this is a ministry, and we're going to reach out to biological family members, and God's going to use that to help them in some awesome ways, which is true, but then the more we got into it, the more we became aware of how hard that is and how many emotions there are when you're interacting with a biological family member, but this is your child that you've adopted. Um, it's emotional. It's draining. Um, it's, it's a very restorative process, and it's beautiful, but it, it's, it's so hard. Um, and uh, the, other, the other challenge that we had was um, adopting uh, African-American boys and being a um, multi-ethnic family and encountering those issues and, and becoming aware of what it's like to live life as a black boy. And, um, and we, growing up in white families, um, we just, we were very naive to that experience. We just had no idea. And so live, watching how our boys live life and how they experience life now that they're 11 and 8, um, and that the differences that there are, and us having to get educated on on how to be good parents and coach them through that, and having to make friends with other Af- African American families so that we can have other people in their lives who can speak into some of their experiences. It's made us better. It's it's stretched us. It's made us grow. It's made us had to get outside of our comfort zone, which has drawn us closer to Christ. And so we wouldn't trade it. We wouldn't trade one day for anything, but. They, those are those are difficult situations to be in. You know, how has God's grace really helped you um, in these difficult situations? I think his, his grace in some of these moments is just helping us to be dependent on Him because some of them were we're not equipped, we're not capable, we're not sufficient to be able to offer everything that our boys need. And so when we encounter some of these challenges, some of these things that are outside of our comfort zone, some of these things that are extremely create fear. What it causes us to do is to be dependent on Him, and that is God's grace. I mean, anytime God causes you to be dependent on Him, He's being extremely gracious to you, um, because being dependent on God um, will create so much positive change and so create so much joy and peace in your own life when you go through that process. And so God just causing us to go from um, fair, kind of confident, bold people to, wow, we don't, we don't know what we're doing. And so many times we're in over our head. We are more dependent on God and Jesus now because of this journey. And so I, I think that's God's grace. And even though there are challenges, just tell me today about the joy and blessing of your decision to bring these two boys into your home. Just what he continues to teach us is just unbelievable. It's a gift that um, I'm so thankful for, that our eyes have been opened, our awareness has increased, our, you know, just what you think you're capable of, and then he stretches you more than that. It's 
it's pretty amazing to experience that. And we know we've been Christians long enough to know that sometimes it takes stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, to experience that. It's just an unbelievable gift. There's just so much joy. I mean, they're yours and um, you pour so much of your life into them. And so to, to see them laugh, to see them experience joy, to see them experience sadness and to teach them um, is is it's who we are and it's it's um they're just a part of us and and so we we're thankful for the challenges that that come with specifically with adoption and with a a multiracial family we are so grateful for these incredibly heartfelt and transparent interviews from julie and the stockhouse family and we've actually asked chris to close out our time today saying a prayer for couples who are considering a similar adoption journey Jesus, we come before you now so thankful for who you are and all that you continue to do for us. Lord, your grace and your blessings uh, are amazing. We thank you for uh, what you did on the cross, and we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, and we ask that you would continue to forgive us and everyone listening to this, and you'd continue to call us, uh, give us faith, give us obedience, Lord. Help us to believe in you more and more each day. Lord, I pray that you would clarify each and every one of us, our calling, our purpose. Why did you put us on this earth? What what are you asking us to do? And um, your word speaks very clearly about how we are to care for the orphan. We're to care for those in need. We're to care for those who are suffering, who are hurting. And so I pray that everyone who's listening to this, you would clarify their calling, clarify their purpose, and give them great joy and passion to whatever they're calling them to, Lord. And those who are considering going down the path of adoption, those who are considering going down the path of foster care, Lord, I pray that you would give them courage and boldness. I pray that um, the fears that they have, which are totally normal, that you would overcome those, Lord, if you're calling them in this direction, um, that you'd provide them with the relationships and with the information that they need to take the right step forward to take the next steps and uh, pursue whatever it is you're calling them to, Lord. Um, Give them tremendous faith. Help them to trust in you in whatever difficult situations you may bring them into that you will carry them through and that you'll give them all that they need, Um, Lord. And I I just pray for those who are are parenting, and I pray that you give them rest. I pray that you build up the marriages um, and that the couples would always prioritize their marriage first, and that and that would parent out of a strong and healthy relationship, um, and that you would cause us all to grow each and every day, and that we'd be dependent on you, and that we would be humble. And um, so, Lord, I just I thank you for every family that's uh, being built. I thank you for every family that is is going to be built by you, God. And uh, I pray that we become more and more faithful as a people and more and more in line with what you've asked your church and your people to engage in, Lord Jesus. We love you, and we pray all this in the power of your great name. Amen. Please join us next week as we discuss adoption after the kids are grown with Dale and Tammy Heim. Remember, you can get today's show notes, guest bios, and more information at grandblanchard.com.